0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Turn to the book of John, the Gospel according to John, chapter 3. We have embarked on this section of teaching on biblical examples of redemption. We haven't gotten to the examples yet, but we have subtitled this, God is a Redeeming God. And the goal of this teaching is for you to know that God is a Redeeming God, because that is who He is. He is a Redeeming God. And why now, this is a good time to teach this, especially in this time. It seems as though people are a little bit more attentive than maybe they have been in times before. And as the church knows, the people of God knows, those who are prayed up know, uh, we live in the last days. And these are perilous times. We live in the midst of them. We live in the midst of the time where the days grow darker and darker. But I will have you to know this. God has not changed. He has stayed on the same path he's been on from man's beginning. He was a redeeming God before. He's a redeeming God right now. Now, I do have some objectives. I haven't necessarily given you the objectives. The first objective I'm going to have is to, to, for, uh, to define for you redemption. And we're getting into that. And then we're going to go through some scriptures to identify the redeeming power of of God. And in way of review, we said the motivation for this is the love of God. And I like that. It's not man's love, it is God's love. Man's love is distinctly different than God's love. And God's love is better, God's love is greater. And also, in way of re- review, remember we said that this is about God's love for them that are lost and do not get thrown off balance when we use the term lost. Lost simply means out of position. We have all been lost at one time or another. We have been somewhere we should not have been. We've ended up someplace we had no intention of being. And before you shut down and say I'm not lost remember there are many people who are lost and just don't know it they're living someplace they don't need to live doing things they don't need to do and they think that's life but that's not life and on the flip side there are others who know they're lost and just are just too prideful to admit it but pride as the scriptures let us know goes before the fall but you know what God's a redeeming God. God's a redeeming God. Like I mentioned, it's interesting how this is man. Man, for some reason, in general, has to have troubles before he looks for help. And then, not only troubles, but severe troubles. And then, suddenly, they're willing to hear what God has to say. But God is such a redeeming God, he doesn't care if it took half your life doesn't care if it took three quarters of your life doesn't care if you have one last breath and with that last breath you cry out to him to redeem you you'll find that he's a redeeming God and those who are redeemed don't don't get it twisted those who are redeemed after they have received life and living all that time without life here's what I believe each and every one of them would tell you Why didn't I do it sooner? Before we make up in our mind, I'm going to accept him, I'm going to have him redeem me at my last breath. Well, you're the one who's missing out. We're looking at John chapter 3. Starting at verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now that word see... Is probably better translated, experience. So a man can't experience the kingdom of God. And again, I love that scripture. Oh, I love that so much because there are so many instances of where we sit back and we watch someone else have the experience with the kingdom of God that we ourselves don't have, but is there for us to have. And you can get upset and mad. Why is not it happened to me? It's available for everybody. Now, Jesus says a man must be born again. Now, when we talk about born again, remember, I told you, this is something that transcends time, but it is not for all time. It is for a specific period of time, and we live in that period of time. And in this experience, heaven touches earth. And it's not the full experience of the kingdom, that time will come. But while we wait... As the days get darker and darker, there's a light in Goshen. Some of you understand what I mean by that. That means while it's dark in the world, there's a light on the inside of me that God has put there that no man can put out. See, heaven gets a chance to touch earth with this born again experience. Hmm. But it's for At a point in time, they in the Old Testament did not have the opportunity to be born again, to have this experience. We have it now. This is a New Testament experience. And I like that Jesus says, a man, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I like it. And I'll say this again and again and again. He did not say that um, except a man go to church. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And don't get me wrong, going to church is right. He didn't say except a man read the Bible. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And reading the Bible is a good thing. He definitely didn't say except a man be called a Christian. He cannot see. He cannot experience the kingdom of God. He said except a man be born again. The reason I wanted to make sure to bring out who this Pharisee was that was approaching Jesus is to let you know that this was somebody who had been in the Word. Somebody who had been in the Scriptures. Somebody who sat among the congregation. Somebody who even taught the congregation. But that does not mean that's your entry into the kingdom. I mentioned about the Pharisees being influencers. There are influencers in the church today and I believe many of them do influence the church but they're not born again. But the issue here is not what about somebody else? What about you? Because except you be born again, you don't have somebody's born again experience in your hands outside of yours. It's available for you. And as long as you think that I'm not lost, you won't allow yourself to be found. You will not receive this gift that God has given this special gift. Of the born again experience. So I don't care how long you've been in the church. I don't care how many scriptures you know. I don't care how many programs you've been a part of. I don't care if you're a leader in the church. You must be born again. There is no seeing the kingdom, there's no experience of the kingdom by association. It takes a personal experience. So without being born again, you can't experience what God has for you. You just can't do it, except you be born again. Now, we looked at this term, born again. This was just last week, and we said, "Well, now, what does it mean to be born again? It means to us, I said, first of all, that God is good. And that is so true. God is good. Again, it astounds me how we can be wishy and washy. We can be up and we can be down. But he's consistent and never changing. So my unfaithfulness never exceeds his faithfulness. His faithfulness is greater. Wow, I'm, I'm telling you, that to me is he never goes back on his word. He speaks it, and it is so. Uh, Just like I heard the sister mention, who never leaves us, never forsakes us. He stays with that. I'm so grateful for that. The closest thing we can understand to this is the relationship between a child and a parent. That's the closest thing we have to understand that. Because when a child gets wishy and washy, when they move from up to down, And they fall out of the good graces of their parents. When they're out there on their own, they know who they can go to if they're in trouble. They know who they're going to. It it might pain them to do it, but they know if anybody's going to help me, it's my parent. And let me tell you, the parent's love is not as great as the love of God towards us. I'm telling you, God is good. And as we we look at His redeeming power and how He exercises His redeeming power, His goodness is inescapable. We said it literally means to be born from above. We said it means to be regenerated. That's why we call it the new birth. We said it means to be washed. To be washed on the inside. Glory to God! To me, that's 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 uh, that's wonderful, because you know sometimes there's just that thing you just can't get rid of. But let heaven touch earth. See, experience the kingdom of God, and know what it is to be clean on the inside. Oh, there's freedom from guilt. There's freedom from shame. See, that's being washed as God washes. That's an experience you can't get on earth. Heaven has to touch it. For you to experience this. I don't care how bad your sin was. I don't care how evil you were. God can wash you. God can cleanse you. We said it means to be justified. Here's the thing about it. Justified means to be declared innocent from all charges. He doesn't just forgive you. No, you can be forgiven but still be locked up. He forgives you and then clears you of all charges. Which means that anybody tries to come back and lay that thing that you did before you were born again against you, God has exonerated you. You have no record in God's book. It means to be justified. That's what born again means. It comes with all of this. It comes with the regeneration. It comes with the washing. It comes with the justification. It means to be saved. Delivered, made whole. And then we said it means to be redeemed. And that's what we wanted to concentrate on. That's what we will concentrate on. To re- be redeemed means to be restored. And we talked briefly about that. But to be restored, why? Because man is lost. We looked at how God placed Adam in the garden. And they had a special relationship. God talked with Adam. Adam talked with God. Adam had questions. He didn't go to the psychologist. He didn't go to the New York Times bestseller. He went to God himself. And God was pleased to teach Adam. But Adam made a decision to try to learn from somewhere outside of God's standard. And Adam got tripped up. And so what happened is what God had with Adam, mankind, we're all Adam's children, that was lost. And God wants his children back home. And that's why I tell you, it's the closest thing to it, parent and a child relationship. It pains the parent to have to kick the child out. But if it comes to it, you can't stay and not stay with the rules. But my desire is that you not stay away my desire is that you come home again so it is with god as far off as you've gotten god is still waiting <laughs> he's still waiting and we come and we don't know if he'll receive us but he's he's been waiting Some of you are wondering, how did I get out of this tight spot and that tight spot? Because God is waiting and he's not through dealing with you. That's why you made it out. It could have been, but it wasn't. Because God is a good God And wants his children back home. And remember, there's no kingdom of God for you without being... Redeemed. So I said, redeem means to restore. And some people might ask, why define it in such a way? Why define it that way? Because there, you know, you look it up, and there are many different ways to define redeem. Uh, one of the ways to define redeemed is to say uh, to pay to secure the release. You know, we're familiar with redeeming tickets or redeeming whatever uh, we give, and they release whatever it is we give it for. Uh, But I like to use, especially in this context when it comes to God, restore. Redeem means to restore. So that's going to be the working definition that we work with. Because redemption in the hands of God, this is why I define it that way, redemption in the hands of God applies to man who was lost to God because of sin. Man was lost to God because of sin. Sin and God cannot go together and so what happened is man made a decision man chose sin rather than God that individual is lost that individual is out of position can can I show you this? yes I can Luke chapter 3 Luke chapter 3 So, redemption in the hands of God applies to man who was lost to God because of sin. Luke chapter 3. Now, if you start at verse 23 and read down, there's a whole lot of begats. A whole lot of the son of, the son of, the son of, the son of. But you jump down to verse 38. And you say, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God? Now we understand he wasn't born of God like we're born of our parents. But God is the creator. He did not create Adam that Adam would be away from him. Before there ever was a parent, there was God in Adam. And so when Adam, get this. God didn't lose man. Man got lost. Uh, There is a difference. (laughs) You know how we lose things? No, God didn't lose man like that. No, we got lost. In other words, God kept his position. We changed positions. And God did not create us. God did not create Adam. And all, here's, oh, let me keep going. God did not create Adam so that Adam would have a separate relationship with the one who brought him in this world. So God didn't lose man, man got lost. God didn't take off without us, we took off without God. And I'm telling you, we are children of Adam. There's some things you just can't deny. You got, it's in your DNA. You know, some people look, look at you, let's say your, your last name is William. Somebody say, now you are a William. Why? Because you are just like the Williams are. See, we are the children of Adam. Adam took off without God and we have kept taking off without God. And, oh, I'm telling you, a lesser God would be through with you. But our God, He is God. There is none greater. There is none who is more long-suffering. There is none who is more patient. He's a redeeming God. So by redeeming man, that's why I define it as restore. By redeeming man, God is restoring man to the place... God originally intended. So he redeems to put man in the position God originally intended man to have. Now turn to Psalm 106. Psalm 106. Now, a great example of redemption is given to us in what we call the Exodus, when the children of Israel left Egypt. That's the Exodus. God gives us an example of redemption. Look at this in verse number 8 of Psalm 106. Well, let's start in verse number 7. Our fathers, now this is talking about the Jewish nation again. Now our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remember not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Now stop right there and understand this. Now we're about to get into the Red Sea experience and a lot of people know about the Red Sea. But before they got to the Red Sea, they had, Pharaoh had to let them go. And do you remember what God had to do to get Pharaoh to let them go? See, see, Pharaoh's a, a great example of somebody who's lost who just will not admit it. <laughs> I mean, how many times does God guy have to hit you upside the head? And again, I, I can only imagine. Come on. God turned the water into blood. Up come frogs all over the face of the land. Lice all over the face of the land. Flies everywhere. <laughs> Cattle are Dying. Hailstorms come down. It's so funny to me. Hellstorms come down. They they take almost everything they can eat. Just a little bit is left. And God says, I'm going to send the locusts now to take that little that's left. And Pharaoh all this while is playing games. Saying, okay God, I'm serious now. No, I'm not. I'm serious now. And I can only imagine how popular he was with his people. <laughs> and then God says, darkness. This thing gets me. He says, darkness. The Bible says that you could feel. How dark is that? See, but there was a light with his people. He was making a difference between his people and the world. That's Egypt. And then the firstborn eventually had to die. And at that time, Pharaoh finally said, you know, this is funny. This is how how this is how men are. It's all right while it's hurting everybody else. But when it comes to my house, now there's something wrong with it. So when his son dies, then he's ready to let them go. So they're sitting here witnessing God do these miraculous things and make a difference between them and the Egyptians. And Pharaoh finally lets them go, and they are going. They get to the Red Sea, and Pharaoh, being who he is, said, you know what, let's go after him." <laughs> and they provoke God at the Red Sea. I'm telling you, a lesser God would say, I'm through with you. You saw what I just did. And again, we hear these songs and I mean, they're biblical, even though they're not verbatim out of scripture. He didn't bring you to the Red Sea to leave you. He didn't get you this far to let you fall now. I would let Pharaoh kill you, but I'll kill you with the Red Sea. No, no, no. See... They needed to understand at that time, like you need to understand today, God's a redeeming God. So here they are provoking God at the Red Sea after seeing and witnessing his great acts. Put to shame. See, at that time, Egypt was a world leader. And here they are, a people held in low regard by the greatest nation on the face of the earth at that time. How could they get out? They couldn't. Somebody had to redeem them. So our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. All those wonders they saw. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, can we just rest there just for a moment? Nevertheless, see this is an example for us. Nevertheless, God did all those great things. God delivers them with a mighty hand. They get to the Red Sea and they forget everything that God did before and they're ready to give up on God. And God didn't give up on them. Nevertheless, He saved them. And here it is. You know, this is why I can't read scriptures too much because I didn't plan to spend this kind of time here. But God is too good to run over these scriptures. So nevertheless, He saved them and He didn't do it because of them. He did it because He's a redeeming God. He did it for his name's sake. He's not doing it because you're good, because I don't care how good you are, your goodness is not good enough. Because we have our good days. We might even have our good weeks. We may have a good run of weeks, but eventually we show ourselves to be Adam's children. But our God is a nevertheless God. Nevertheless, He saved them for His namesake, that He might make His mighty power to be known. What is that power? That is the power to redeem. So, in the face of their provoking Him, forgetting what He had done, He rebuked the Red Sea also. And it was dried up. I'm sorry, but this is amazing. So they just saw all of these wonders and they provoke God and God said you haven't seen anything yet i got more power to redeem left for you at the Red Sea so on top of everything else he's done you know I can only imagine what it was like to be an Israelite in the time when they were in Egypt to see one event after the next because I'm sure after the water was turned to blood they're saying now, now Pharaoh's got to let us go he's got to let us go and Pharaoh's like no <laughs> then after the frogs I'm sure, I'm sure they said oh, now he's got to let us go Pharaoh said no and they're thinking how long can this winning streak last God says it's going to last until he lets you go and then they said now, now we, had a, we had a good winning streak we had ten good wins there and now we're at the Red Sea certainly there's no more power left God's like you don't know me do you you don't know me do you I got power to redeem He rebuked the Red Sea also and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness, through a dry place. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them. See, there it is. He redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. He redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And they had been used to living in the hands of the enemy. Let me tell you, you can make it day to day in the hands of the enemy, but that ain't life. That's not the position God wants you in. Why did he redeem them? See, he redeemed them at the Red Sea. The Red Sea parted, he redeemed them. He redeemed them. He delivered the nation because they were in bondage. So Israel's redemption became necessary because they were in bondage. That's that's our word for the day, bondage. They were in bondage. They were held down by Egypt and God didn't like it. Let me tell you this, okay? Uh, Amen. Glory to your name, God. Uh, you know, you hear things over time in this country, this country, this country. I'm glad God's the redeeming God. Uh, because you'll have Christians in this country try to justify slavery. Yeah, I'm a black man. <laughs> God made me this way. And because I'm black, it can't be true. We try to justify... I've heard it from the mouths of those who claim to be Christians. They try to justify slavery. They try to justify running the Native Americans off of what we call now our soil. But in our trying to justify the history of this land, you know, God never ordained slavery. Glory to your name, God. He never did. He didn't create us to be a slave. I'm sure the conversations with Adam didn't go, you know, you need to be a slave. (laughs) Some of your children need to be slaves. That's never the case. That's man's idea. That's man's God does not want man held against his will. Israel was held against their will. They were in bondage. That's bondage. And God says, I did not create my people to be held that way. But don't you know for 400 years they were in that land? So does the 400 years of being in that way justify? No, it doesn't. That means God gave you that long to repent and you wouldn't listen. I'm sorry, but this is true. And this is real. And someone will say that this is hate speech. This is truth speech. And until you recognize you being lost, you won't allow yourself to be found. So they were in bondage. Like, no, let my people go. Because God does not want man held against man's will. So he redeemed Israel because they were in bondage. Redemption only becomes necessary because man is in bondage. And we are in bondage to sin. The enemy that has us held now is the enemy called sin. And this is what I mean. You can have your good runs. You can do all right. And we already told you what sin is. Sin is anything that is against the will of God. And it does not take... Listen, it doesn't take a college education. It doesn't take a high school education. In fact, it probably did not take much of grade school to figure out when you're outside of God's will. And so we, we can say all we want to about not knowing or not recognizing. You know you're not in position with God. And why is that? Because on your best days you find that you cannot help yourself. You're in bondage. But God's a redeeming God. See, you're held against your will. So all men start as slaves to sin. Each and every one of us, we start as slaves to sin. And let me help you out with this. You know, I said I'm taking my time. I'm going to take my time. I thank God for you ministers in this place. I really do. Because I know I can I can try you on something. Because I take a long time. <laughs> thank y'all for your patience. I really I appreciate that. Uh But here's one thing. We we do have to deal with this because people have, there's so many things that people believe and they're confused about just because they don't know God. God is a redeeming God. Listen, we are born into this world and God is not sending your little baby to hell. Okay? Children are innocent. Okay? We talked about that last time. That God has signs posted, right? And, And little children, they can't recognize the posting of the signs. And so in all honesty, if children die, children are not being sent to that place. But, when it comes, I I do believe this, and we can talk about it, this is not the subject now, but I do believe the Bible lets us know that there is an age of accountability. And that age of accountability, I can't give you a number, because it's different for every individual. And when you get to that age of accountability, and you recognize sin, you better know what day you live in. It is the day of Redemption. It is the day that you can be born again. It is the day when those are bound can be made free. But you have to recognize, I'm bound. This this is where the cycles in your life come from. You get ahead only to fall right back. See, you're bound. You said you never do it again, but you end up doing it again. And you might have a good run of time, but you find yourself back. And it's not the first time you've been back. Not the first time, not even the second time you said, I wouldn't do that again, but you find yourself doing it again. It's because you're in bondage. That's why I'm telling you, we've all been lost at one point in time or another. What we need to know is where is God? God is here. Waiting and willing to redeem. Because God doesn't want man held against man's will. When it comes to choosing God, God wants man to choose God by man's will and not by force. Thank you, God. He wants to do it by man's free will. Because when man does it of his own free will, uh, then it's genuine. Then his child has come back home. Too many times children come back home because they want something. And when they get it, they go back where they came from. And when that happens, that child is still in bondage. But you know, mom and daddy don't have the power to redeem. They can't wash you on the inside. They can't clean you up on the inside, but God can. So instead of going back to mama and daddy, it's time to go to God. Blessed be the name of God. I'm telling you, God is good. But you don't know what I've done, but God knows. And I love it. I just love the idea of my God being who he is. He's not shocked by what causes us to cause other people to be disappointed. He's not thrown back, you did what? No, he's not like that. In all honesty, all he sees you is like everybody else. It's us in our mind who are so far gone that we can't be reached. But I love his word. His arm is not sharp that he cannot say. (laughs) Now, I want you to know this. To me, this is good. This really is good. These are simple truths, but they're just so sweet to me. They go down so nice. No, I got a sweet tooth, but it's these simple things that just, oh, I just can't get enough of it. Redemption is of God. That's a simple statement. Oh, but it means so much to me. Redemption is of God. John chapter 3. Turn back there. John chapter 3. I'll give you, I'll get you a chance to know where I'm coming from. John chapter 3. redemption is of God. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God, that's the redeeming God, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, I have to stop there because I like this. It didn't just say that God loved the world. It says that God so loved the world. Yeah, he loved the world, but You know, we have our idea of what love means. So if God, if you love me, you will do this. No, 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 you missed it. See, I'm a redeeming God, and so I love a particular way. I love in a particular manner. This is how I so love you. Because God so loved, or for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. See, the love of the redeeming God is revealed through His Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now, now get that. I love that. His only begotten Son. But some of us got children to spare. God says, I have an only begotten. And I love the world so much that I am going to love the world by giving my only. A lesser guy wouldn't do it. But our God, He is God. And there is no contest. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When it says He gave His only begotten Son, it means He gave up the life of His only begotten Son. So that in the loss of that life, we might receive life. But I want to draw your attention here to who did he love? God loved the world. I'm telling you, this, this, to me, this is, this is marvelous. This is outstanding. See, because there is a faction. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, we can argue over some of the dumbest things, over the, some of the craziest things in the church. Uh, there's a, a doctrine out there about predestination. But the redeeming God doesn't fit the pattern of predestination. Because he so loved the world. See, predestination says he has accepted some already while refusing others already. Which makes no sense in the world. So you're telling me we just saw over in Luke 3 and 38 that Adam was the son of God? God? That God made up his mind that, Adam, there are some of your great, 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 greats that I just won't like. Some will refuse them. No, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. And you read the scriptures, go through the scriptures, study the scriptures. Man, God is just, he's good to all that call upon him. And not only that, go read the scriptures. 1 Timothy chapter 2. It says God wills all men to be saved. So you're telling me he has destined some to not be saved against his will? That's not a redeeming God. But we find the redeeming God here in John three sixteen. See, because the redeeming God loves the world. And the question is, who is the world? I'm going to read it to you like I, like I received it. You ready? Don't, don't try to write this down. Just listen. The world means the world. It means all those who feel loved and all those who feel rejected. The world means all the popular and all the unpopular. The world means all the infamous, all the famous. It means all the well known and all the unknown. It means everyone who feels worthy and everybody who feels unworthy. Every lawbreaker, every heartbreaker, every liar, every cheater, every good Samaritan, every nice person. You heard the term, good people, they're good people, every good people. And those who aren't good people. Means every disappointment and every bright example. The world pertains to every failure, every abandoned Every respected, every disrespected, every lover, every hater, those who are remembered, and those who are forgotten. Them that make you smile, them that make you mad. It pertains to the rich. It pertains to the poor. Hmm. Amen. It pertains to the suburbanite. It pertains to the country folk. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. It pertains to the heterosexual. Pertains to the homosexual. Pertains to the criminal. Those who didn't do it and those who did. Pertains to the victim. Pertains to the violator. Pertains to the violated. Pertains to the middle class. Pertains to the Republican. Pertains to the Democrat. Pertains to the independent. Those who watch Fox News. Those who watch MSNBC. Those who watch CNN, those who watch PBS, those who watch none of the above, no matter who you voted for, you're in there somewhere. That's the world. See, his love reaches the world. His care is for the world. Everyone is included. See, you're in there somewhere. All the world, children of Adam, were born into sin. Let me say that again: all the world were born into sin. See, I want to make sure this sinks in because somebody will point fingers at somebody else, and yeah, they were born into sin just like you were born into sin. And others will be looking at themselves like I'm the only one. Every preacher has that same testimony. Every Sunday school teacher has the same testimony. Every choir singer has the same testimony. Every bookseller has the same testimony. Cuz we were all members of the world. <laughs> you no, know, dogs by nature bark. You know why you want to stay away from venomous snakes? Cuz by nature they're going to bite. Fish swim, and sinners sin. That's what we do. That's the world. <laughs> I, I like how the Bible calls the Bible uses the term the great and the small. In, in other words, the world. Nobody excluded. We were all in bondage, and we have need of redemption. And who will arise? God says, I come to redeem you. This is good. If we're all born into sin, that means we have all violated the will of God. We have done God wrong. We've gone against Him. We've done the thing that has disappointed Him. But he loves us too much to be idle. He does something about it. He says, all I got is this only begotten. I'm saying that to kind of dramatize it. But my all is the only. That's why he uses the term only. Because only pertains to all. He says, my all I give that my children might come home. In spite of you doing me wrong. See, that's the redeeming God, nevertheless. And listen, some sins are more obvious than others and seem despicable. But don't forget, there's no law you have attained within which God did not love you. I'm telling you, what does it mean to be born again? It means God is good. It means in spite of how despicable your sin may seem. Even when I mention the world, some of you are like, what? Yes. Oh, let me me make sure you understand this. You are no better than they. Uh, Did you grab a hold of that? You are no better than they. The people that make you want to spit. Well, your sin before God should get the same response. Some sins seem more obvious than others, but they're sin nonetheless. They're against the will of God. That's why he says, except a man be born again, because we're all born into this world. Children of Adam, born into sin, in bondage to sin. So you're included in the world. Again, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever. There it is. See, that debunks predestination. Let me tell you what, when it uses the term predestinate in the Bible, here's what it means. God had a plan. God prepared. Before you showed up on the scene, he already had a plan. He had predestinated that he was going to give his only begotten son before you were ever born. To get you back home again. It's not difficult. Don't need to go to seminary for it. Just need to know who God is. And he is a redeeming God. So what do I mean by redemption is of God? Amen. What do I mean by redemption is of God? Just like I just mentioned. uh, Somebody in that list of the world you didn't like so I thank God that it's of God and not of you and I can't start another section because I'd be mad because I'd have to stop so I'm going to stop right here but I'm going to tell you the more we see God the simple truths the more beautiful the more wonderful, the more outstanding God is. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net